Welcome to an original Mind Over Matter initiative, the Make Our Voices Heard podcast, where we use a variety of platforms to speak up about mental health and all its glory, the stigmas, the stereotypes, its importance, the issues, and the plausible solutions. Everything under the sun to make your life better. Because after all, you know what they say, Mind Over Matter is the only way. Today, our distinguished guest is Ms. Ruchika Bhuin. She is an author of the novel titled Until It Rains Again. She's extremely passionate about the arts, in particular the literary and performing arts. She has been trained professionally in Bharatanatyam and Kathak and also dances in other forms such as freestyle, contemporary and hip-hop. She's also a promoter of Project Afia which enhances the mental well-being of survivors of assault and especially abled persons through dance and music. She is an active member of the LGBTQ plus group, Project Adan and Girl Up Our Story. Welcome, Ms. Ruchika Bhuyan. Thank you so much, Agastya, for that amazing introduction. It's such an honor to be here, especially seeing the work of Mind Over Matter. It's um, really good. Um, to sort of raise a lot of awareness and consciousness about mental health, which is such a stigmatized topic even today. So it's really, truly a privilege to be on this platform and having a conversation with you today. It is a privilege to have you here. My first question for you is, you have used your pen to fight social injustices and connect with people. I read about you where you say, the ink is my sword and my words, the armor. Please share with us how the SWORD has helped people with mental health issues. So essentially, um, the whole idea of using words as a way to advocate came along with my own journey when I'm, I'm pretty sure that everyone once in a while faces a lot of anxiety or other mental health issues because of so many social factors like peer pressure and especially with social media, the kind of standards that are set for various things, our body image, our self-image and beauty standards can really affect our mental health and our identity of ourselves. And so when I struggled with my own mental health, um, that place where I wanted to voice out how I was feeling was not present. And that's when I realized that there is a lack of dialogue in the country. People don't openly talk about it. But at the same time, um, I think that literature can be used as a tool to raise awareness about these topics, to start a dialogue. And my experience with reading various books, which had themes of mental health, like Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, who's one of my favorite authors, uh, showed me, like made me feel heard when I read that book. And so that's when I decided that even though these issues are really vulnerable to talk about, I can give it my own try. And I think um, last year is when I started a writing account on Instagram. And it was just a personal space. It was not really professional, but it was just for me to like write down poetry and really cover um, thoughts and emotions that teenagers go through on a daily basis, which are not spoken about often. And I think that uh, the platform that I have, it has really helped a lot of people because when I... Um, post poetry there I received quite a lot of DMs saying that oh like you know thank you for writing about this because I never thought this feeling could be put into words or you know that they feel understood or they feel heard or they feel like what they've been going through has been expressed by someone and it just creates a feeling of togetherness and of um, not being alone 
And although it's not like I have hundreds of people who I'm being able to help, and obviously I'm not a professional, but even receiving that two, three, those two, three messages about how my poem made someone else feel heard or made someone else feel better about themselves just is my way of advocating for various mental health issues, be it anxiety or depression, etc. What a heartwarming story. And I do agree. Every single quote or every single person responding is person help. Yeah. My uh, following question to you is, as I read your poem, which goes as follows, I sat in the park sketching the sky and little boy came up to me and asked, why is the sky black and white? I don't have any other colors, I answered. Your mom and dad don't give you others. They say I can only have black and white. Smiling innocently, he replied, you can get your own colors and walked away. These lines seem to describe your feelings on sadness towards the discrimination you feel. Is this the reason why you champion the cause of mental health? Yes, definitely. This is one of the reasons why. And I strongly believe that um, various uh, social hierarchies can inflict a lot of um, I would say inferiority complexes in people belonging to marginalized communities, especially because all their life they're told that they're not good enough or they don't fit the normal standard of society, be it women, be it um, scheduled castes and scheduled tribes in our country, the Dalits or black people or the LGBTQ plus community. The thing is that uh, these marginal members from these marginalized communities have always been made to feel like they're inferior to other groups in society and they are abnormal and that can inflict a lot of identity crisis it can inflict a lot of mental health issues as well when they not feel like they, when they feel that they're not good enough at being who they are or they feel the need to change themselves and i think that that's one of the main issues i would say that i cover in my writing and in my opinion mental health is definitely a human rights issue it's something that everyone deserves equal access to but it's not often available and personally um with my experience being a part of the lgbtq plus community I have also myself faced this journey of identity conflicts. I have friends who have faced the same thing because they're also members of the community. And it's a shared feeling that we all go through because of the stereotype, the prejudices in our society that make us feel like we're not good enough. And so uh, hence I use my pen to just write down my own experience with it, but also through a fictional narrative so that anyone else who's going through the same thing through an identity crisis or through anxiety over who they are and not being accepted in society will feel a little heard, will feel a little accepted knowing that there's someone else like them out there. So I've done that through my book, which is essentially about uh, this teenage girl who's at the cusp of adulthood. And she like partially it's about how she is sort of wading through all her emotions and you know as teenagers we face so many emotional conflicts we try to fit in when and we end up becoming someone who we're not and that can cause a lot of anxiety to anyone when you feel that you're not welcome somewhere or you're not fitting in with your friends the way you are and peer pressure often sort of compels you to do things that you don't want to do and these are also important issues to be spoken about and other than that I also um had this character, her the protagonist's name is Elena, a big B, uh, someone who belongs to the LGBTQ plus community coming from my own life experiences and also just to raise this dialogue in India as well. 
and I've done that through my poetry as well. And other than that, although I don't uh, belong to uh, other more marginalized communities like um, uh, Black people or the Asian American community, I have used my writing to raise awareness about their issues and the violence that they face in the United States as well. So I think it's really important to just start a dialogue. Very interesting, first of all. Uh, second of all, can you explain to us how trying to fit into these teenage groups can be detrimental to the mental health of uh, students and the elder teenagers? Yes, definitely. I think that I myself um, have gone through multiple phases of trying to fit in. And what it ends up doing is that you end up becoming someone who you're really not and you lose touch with your own identity. And it can cause a lot of family conflicts as well, because when you're trying to be someone you're not, the people who are actually close to you will recognize that and will call you out on that. And then you wouldn't know how to deal with that. And other than that, I think that even if you try to change who you are, if you feel unwelcome somewhere, you will continue feeling unwelcome there. And it's it's completely okay if you don't fit into a group of people. You will find your tribe eventually. But, you know, desperately trying to sort of fit in and become like the members in that group can really affect your sense of self. And at the same time, I think that it's not only just um, the victim, but also the perpetrators. I think it's really important for people to just normally just be kind and more welcoming instead of being clannish or culty and more open-minded and welcome to having friends or inviting more people. I think the whole concept of groupism that is really, I think, popularized from a lot of Western um, high school cinema and films where it's like you have the popular kids and then you have the mean girls and then you have the nerds. And I think that we've adop adopted that culture so like, uh, yeah, religiously. And we're so westernized in ways that we don't even realize that we're westernized. And I think that is manifesting in various schools. Now, we, we will see a lot of groupism in our own school in different schools. And all of that has been adopted from the media that we consume around us. And so I think it's important for us to break out of that mindset of having groups and being more open minded. Yeah, I completely agree. While uh, people with like minds tend to stick together, it has yeah. become a bit of a problem when a great deal of people tend to isolate other people for not fitting in with them. Can you also tell us about your journey into becoming a mental health torch bearer and have any of these uh, points added to it or caused you to have, go down that path? I think um, as a mental health torch bearer, that's a really heavy term to take. But I think most of it comes from like my, as I said, my personal experiences. And also, I think even now uh, with uh, social media, there's a lot of um, exchange of ideas globally. And we know that in various parts of the world, mental, mental health is not as stigmatized as it is in our own country. So we're getting that exposure slowly. So I think Social media has also played a very important role for me to gain awareness. Like sometimes it can be a really bad platform. It can spread toxicity and misinformation. But other times, sometimes um, social media can be really useful for us to gain more awareness, get out of these like bubbles that we're in of our own, you know, mindsets and thoughts and sort of be become more open minded. So I think becoming this advocate for mental health that I am today comes from my own experiences. As I mentioned, um, similar, I've on many occasions felt left out. And I think everyone goes through this when they're teenagers, try to fit in. Um, and then I think another thing that plays a really important role in, in like 
I would say ruining the mental health of teenagers is school pressure, academic pressure in grades. And in our country, the, the culture in school is like extremely competitive. It's cutthroat competition. It can ruin friendships and it can cause so much anxiety for people when your worth is defined by your grades. And that's what we're taught in our upbringing. And I think that's another factor which has affected me and a lot of most people I know around me. So, um, but understanding that my grades are not just what define me, there are other things about me is what's led me to understand how how layered and complex the issue of mental health is. So I would say that. Now you talk about social media. Is social media good or is it bad or is it completely detriment to your health or is it completely positive or is it more in the neutral zone according to you that's a really difficult question to answer i think that it really depends on what you use it for and how much you let it affect you because of course like if you start using social media at a very naive age at a very young age let's say a fifth or sixth grader starts using it opens an instagram account they will obviously like their feed will be filled with pictures of these models looking nowhere close to how no normal people look right but we start comparing ourselves to them and then we feel bad about ourselves and also there's the whole idea of fomo when you see because the, the the life that people paint of themselves on social media is so different from the regular life that they have. But that's the only life we get to see. And so we start comparing our lives to their lives. And we think that, oh, they're having so much fun and we're not. And that can obviously make us feel like we're not good enough or we're not having a good enough life. And again, feeling left out, going down, the, going down that whole spiral. But over time, I think it also is about how much you let it affect you because I don't think anyone is going to stop using social media. No one's going to stop posting amazing vacation pictures on social media or pictures of them going out. But what they don't post is, is like the struggles that they go through or, or having a normal day at home when they're not out partying. That's what's not shown on social media. And I think that if we start showing that side of life as well, then maybe it can create this um, idea that, we're, we're all we're all living different lives, but it doesn't mean that someone's life is better than yours just because it seems, it appears that they're having more fun. And other than that, yes, sometimes social media can be really toxic and especially because of the cancel culture, which can really very badly affect someone. I understand that it's really important to be progressive and sort of um, abandon using slurs against marginalized communities, which can harm them. But I think when we cancel someone, it just prevents progress at all because you're telling them you're outright wrong instead of allowing them a space to correct their mistakes so that's a toxic thing about social media but if you come down to it I think we as humans make that um, app any social media app toxic it's not the app itself that is toxic so what's really needed is a change in our mindset because I think social media started off as just this platform to connect and communicate with people who you can't over like long distances. And now it's become so consuming. We've become so addicted to it. So I think it's important for us to draw a line somewhere. Um, and also, I think it's important to, if you think that social media is affecting your mental health badly, then you should take breaks from it. You should have days where you reconnect with other forms of entertainment, like watching a movie or reading a book or, you know, going out with your friends, meeting them in person instead of like chatting with them online. So I think that's also really important. But other than that, in general, I think people should just like, just tone down on the hate a bit on social media. Yeah. 
completely agree with you over there. Now, another question would be that we all know that we're very, that you're very good at art and dance. So can you tell us that how has it helped in your own personal growth? Yes, definitely. That's a really good question. I think that um, in terms of the performing arts and the literary arts, they've really helped me uh, work to the full capacity of my creativity, especially with dancing. Um, the evolution has been a lot. I think that I like my mom likes to say that I, we have like personal group because she's a dancer. So it's like genetically passed on to me. But in in general, I think it's also helped me with my mental health. I think the arts besides being an outlet for your creativity and also being an outlet for uh, speaking about issues that are not like um, straightforwardly spoken about in society. Um, as you know, like in various movements over time, are, the arts have been used as a means to protest. But other than that, it's also very therapeutical, in my opinion, be it painting, be it dancing, be it writing. I think it really helps you express yourself. It helps you understand yourself. and. I think that sort of personal introspection um, and, uh, you know, just understanding what you're going through, reflecting on what you're going through can really be materialized through the arts. And that's how it's helped me. Whenever I'm having a bad day, if I just like dance a bit, it just makes me feel better. Or if I'm going through a crisis, if I just try to like pen down my emotions in the form of a poem, it helps me understand myself better. So that's how it's helped my personal growth. Completely agree with you over there. Everybody needs to have an outlet to express themselves. However, sometimes they don't. Mental health illnesses can affect anyone, regardless of age, gender, or race. How has your project supported the teens to deal with their mental health issues? So, uh, the my main project, which is aimed at improving the mental well-being of a marginalized communities project Afiat. So essentially there, what we do is that when I started realizing that um, dancing was especially helping me feel better at a time in my life when my mental health was um, in a really bad state, I thought about how I could like extend this to other people. And being an extremely passionate feminist, I know that in India, the issue of uh, victims, uh, like the issue surrounding the access to help or the access to any mental health resources for victims of sexual assault and domestic violence is extremely stigmatized and people don't talk about it. We have very few shelters which are helping these women who've gone through such traumatic experiences of assault and violence. And just because they're the ones who are blamed and they're the ones who are uh, accused for uh, facing such violence, when we should be really pointing fingers at the people who inflict such violence upon women. So I, my main goal with this project was to help improve the mental well-being because I'm not a professional, I'm not a therapist, so I cannot obviously provide professional therapy. But my main aim was to use the various arts, dance, music, theater, to work with um, such survivors of violence and help them just um, deal with their trauma and sort of uplift their mental well-being. I reached out to a couple of friends and we got together, but the process was really, dis uh, like, really, it was definitely disturbing to know about the, the extent of the trauma that they go through and also really disconcerting to know how little of help there is available. There's hardly two to three shelters in the whole city that houses such um, survivors of violence. But essentially now uh, I've collaborated with 
one shelter known as the Urja Trust Foundation, where we visit them uh, and we conduct these sessions of dance and music with the survivors. They are homeless women who are survivors of violence and assault. And I think just seeing that smile on their faces or um, them telling us how we made their day better just can go a long way in improving their mental health in the long run. And we do this on a week weekly basis. So uh, right now it's been off because I had exams, but like we try to go as often as possible and help out these uh, women and just make them feel better, have a positive impact on their lives. And other than that, I also have another project called Girl Up Our Story, which branches off from um, Girl Up International by the United Nations. That, that, that project is essentially a nonprofit initiative, very much focused on advocating for human rights, especially women's rights. But I think that um, the mental health of women also comes in as a women's rights issue. And during the pandemic, um, I think a lot of stress was induced upon women and children. So we collaborated with um, certified art therapists to conduct art therapy sessions with uh, various mothers and teenagers to help them cope with uh, the stresses of the pandemic and how it affected their mental health. Completely agree. Seeing someone smile can make your own day. Now, we've talked about social media, how it's good, how it's bad, how it can affect some people. But my question to you is, how have you used social media to positively influence the lives of students? So in my case, one um, sort of way of channelizing the or emphasizing on the issue of mental health has been through my writing account, which is called Metaphors After Midnight on Instagram. And another way has been, um, so I worked with uh, YLAC India, which is Young Leaders for Active Citizenship. And they have this um, sort of program called Counter Speech Fellowship, which brings together teens from all over the country to uh, work like 50 to 60 teens, I think, to work um, on this, on various issues through social media. So we use social media to raise awareness and we create art, be it digital art, literary art or traditional art. So we would create these social media accounts to raise awareness on the issues of um, bullying. The themes that we got were bullying, um, diversity, gender equality, and I think mental health, yeah. So um, that was a very long-term project I was, um, associated with, I think it ran for eight weeks. So we created like different Instagram accounts to uh, raise awareness and consciousness about these issues. And basically it was a tool for activism. And we created uh, posts which touched upon really sensitive topics, be it uh, racism against certain communities in our country itself, be it body image uh, or PCOS, a lot of stigmatized issues were covered and we gained a lot of support from the YLAC organizers as well, which helped us gain traction. I think um, different groups, they were able to like get around 10,000 likes or, you know, like uh, 100K views on reels. So I think just that outreach and having your th those words of uh, advocacy reach that large of an audience was also an outlet from outlet how I used to like raise awareness on the issue of mental health and bullying. Wow. Yeah, wow. I also worked together with Wilac for roughly six weeks. We had a social media on which we attempted to raise funds. I think we raised roughly 10,000 uh, rupees in funds and we used this to support mental health. However, I'm afraid that our session is coming to a bit of an end. And 
So what's your message to our listeners? So I think that what I mainly have learned from my own life so far, although I'm still really young and I'm still learning, is that, well, two things. Firstly, try to just be unapologetically yourself and be uninhibited. And I know that it's easier said than done. It's not easy to just... Uh, not care about what other people think, not care about external validation. It takes a long time, but it's a step-by-step process. Maybe you can start by uh, just, if you're in a group and people are saying certain things and you don't agree with them, maybe you can start by uh, showing that you disagree with them, telling them that, oh, I don't think this is right. It can be something as small as that. And then eventually you will become more comfortable in who you are. You'll become more comfortable in expressing your opinions more openly and just eventually not caring about what other people think. And that will help you just live your life to your full capacity and can genuinely help you deal with your mental health even better because a lot of mental health issues root from us spiraling over what other people think of us or how we are perceived by other people, by society and um, so on. And I would say that uh, secondly, it's since we are talking on the theme of mental health, I think a lot of the times we ourselves try to sort of um, repress our own emotions, suppress our mental health because there is this stigma within us. So I think it's important that just like we take care of our physical health, just like when we get a physical injury, we directly go to the doctor or we will put a bandaid on it or we will take care of the wound till it heals. I think we have to give that kind of support to our own mind as well. And sort of make a conscious effort to recognize what are the outlets which will help us uh, heal ourselves or enhance our mental well-being. So for me, I've recognized it as the arts. For someone else, it could be talking to a friend. It could be just uh, taking a walk uh, down the street or in the park. So yeah, I think it's important to take care of your mental health and recognize what works for you. Completely agree. Every person has a different way of expressing themselves. However, lack of this uh, method would be detrimental to a person's mental health and also not allow for them to grow overall. Now, we as an organization believe that change doesn't necessarily need to be large and global. Even small action that creates an impact is powerful. And we thank you for your time and support to all our listeners. Thank you, Ms. Boyan, and wishing you all the very best for your future endeavors. Thank you once more. Thank you so much.